It was a good book though. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed the. I enjoyed the whole. I, the the best thing was the whole networks thing. Like seeing all these like fucking weird, creepy ass fucking places yeah. that like that like live under the. Like both under the surf, the surface of visibility, but like way above everything else. Mm, just mm. like all the France, and just like structure these fucking bizarre sect-like communities that like believe that the French Revolution still believe in twenty twenty one that the French Revolution was a Freemason <laughs> like <laughs> plot conspiracy or whatever. I mean, I've, I've told you about that. There's this like, I, there's a, that that girl that I, I met in Lyon. Um, who I guess I met her the night that Donald Trump won in 2016. Mm. I was at this bar and there was this sort of like watch party or something when they were getting the results. And um, I don't know, we like sort of vaguely stayed in touch. Mm -hmm. Um, And basically I have access and can see her Facebook page Mm -hmm. and the events that she sort of goes Mm -hmm. to and things Mm -hmm. like that. Uh, And she always like is going to these like crazy things like midnight masses at like the San Sulpice church um, to celebrate or like to mourn the death of Louis the 16th and things like that and this like it is just like it's something that it is just this complete side of France which is so hermetically sealed off and is entirely I mean it's very powerful it's not like it's not but also not known about that much like oh firstly in France it's not often not that visible more and more visible but like in the world people the world's image of France yeah has no you know there's no real conception of this side of it this like yeah I mean it's I guess it's the the the, the Cato Tradi which was which was there's that whole chapter in in the book uh where it's like about him in those milieux of the Cato Tradi milieu the Catholic sure. traditional yeah, sort yeah. of, and it's just like fascinating, yeah. honestly. Yeah. And like everyone's name has got like a de in front of yeah, it, yeah. which indicates that they're aristocratic or that their bourgeois ancestor right. sort of bought it or, or whatever, yeah. you know. And like I don't know, and there's all these absolute fucking crackpots mm. in there that just believe it. like Matt, like you know. I mean, yeah. When you think of France, you don't think you know, traditional Catholic upper class elites. That's not the self image that France has. And that's not how, that's not an image that many people have of France outside of France and or people that know the country, you know? And so like, there's this, you know, and my family's French, but like, they're not, they're not, I've never, I've never encountered anyone from that kind of background. In my entire life, and so for me, it's been this sort of discovery uh, of this like other side of France that's like, you know, I don't know, frankly terrifying. And like one of the things, and we'll probably get into this, you know, more as we go on. But one of the things about the French right that makes it kind of scarier to me, basically, is that you know, the founding myth of France, the French Revolution, the right has existed since that very day and continues to persist in opposition to this founding, now mythological, obviously, event, you know? Like, there's some, there's a violent antagonism in there, just like from the beginning, and it's, over the last 200 years, it's given it, the right in France has given itself quite a rich and deep 
like kind of cultural and and financial let's face it resources to, to like sustain itself and to strike when it can and you know it's it's there you know they are fucking nut jobs and there's some absolute like the ecosystem of the right that's described in this book is yeah. like this guy eric <laughs> Um, Eric. Zemmers. <laughs> He's born in Montreuil. I, would, I mean, yeah, I wonder no. what his favorite bar in Montreuil is today. What if he's he probably has no bars that he <laughs> likes in Montreuil today. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, well, I get. Okay, what? Well, so I'm, I'm just gonna have this picture of him walking around like the market in like Marché de Montreuil, just, <laughs> just like, like livid, livid, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> overwhelmed by how angry he is yeah. that, like there are so few white people and then he like eats a like I don't know he, eats, he grabs like a Lebanese wrap um, and he's like trying to contain how much he loves like the garlic sauce <laughs> no 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 because I think in his head maybe he's Lebanese no I think in his head he's like no the Lebanese are French anyway. I mean this is a French Lebanese cuisine it's probably some like Christian that's this is person a, yeah 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 exactly <laughs> they're, they're Christian therefore that they can be French so that's fine as long as they're not Muslim, anyway. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I I think he, I mean, his claim to represent all of France. When is he going to speak and try to represent the Montreuil gauchiste? Yeah, I know, I know. His local constituency, <laughs> the hometown kid, yeah. Eric Zemmour. So I guess the main story is that there's a fucking nut job, like actual nut job fascist running for president. No, so officially lots of people haven't announced their candidacy, including Macron and including Zemmour. Uh, The story today is that if he gets the signatures, because you need 500 signatures from an elected elected representative to be able to present yourself as a candidate to the presidential election, if he gets them, he will be running. And... I don't know if anyone sort of knows, you know, there's been a little bit in the media, in, in sort of Anglophone media, a little bit, so people might be a bit aware of him, but basically he's a polemist, he's a sort of journalist, very controversial journalist, yeah. a very right wing, uh, has been obsessed with the history of the the right in France for quite some time mm. and has written a bunch of like books called French, The French Destiny, The, the French Suicide. Yeah, um, French Melancholy. French Melancholy. Yeah. And he's very well known for saying incredibly racist yeah. things. Uh, on CNews... He's actually... Uh, Zemmour is... I, I wanted to go. Which is the sort of Fox News, I suppose. Yeah, we, of, uh, I guess we've we would cover discussed it. in our Bolloré. Yeah. Well, so yeah, CNews is the Bolloré news channel, yeah. if, if you want so to... We'll direct you towards three, that episode. Yeah. Um, um, actually, first, yeah, I, today I, I, I wanted to go, but I couldn't make it. But I think maybe, or maybe it started yesterday, but there was... Zemmour is on trial again um, for, I guess, his statements about... Uh, I guess like in, in, in citation to racial, uh, racial discrimination hatred, yeah, yeah. I think it was from last so how many times has he been has he, it's like Actually, twice two or three this. times yeah, I think, I think. he's had several like arraignments and things yeah, like yeah. that but yeah. I think he's been condemned but it says had to pay a fine two or three times yeah. right now um, but this guy is everywhere right now in France he's today. literally everywhere I mean you're listening to the radio and there's like radio shows about the Maréchal Pétain because like Zemmour's Talking, talking about, about him, him yeah. and makes other people question if Pétain was not fucking... Was Pétain a, a good guy or a bad guy? <laughs> that, uh, what? <laughs> uh, we didn't even know originally. We sort of 
for those of you who listened to our last episode about Didier Ribon, we, I guess, said that we were sort of going to start talking about the left. Um, and then we just sort of felt like we had to... We had to address this. Like, we first. couldn't pretend that there was <laughs> anything to talk about, <laughs> like, besides defeat and, like... And so the and, also a sort of the bigger extra story, which we did speak about a little bit in the last episode, is that uh, in recent polls, so this is the, the sort of the big story, I guess, is that in recent polls, he consistently polls ahead of all the other right wing candidates, yeah, you know, including Le Pen, including Le Pen, including the established centre right yeah. sort of figures. Uh, so potentially the right wing candidacy with the most support in France. Yeah. right now at least according to the polls is the most right-wing candidate the country has ever seen who is eric zamour uh, i guess we read this biography uh, a lot of people have been talking about it it's all over twitter and it's by this sort of the society journalist mm-hmm. at l'express i would call it a biography there's some biographical chapters it's yeah. more of a you know a piece of journalism on zamour the the person yeah. you know yeah. uh and I guess we start where his family's from. His family's is Piennois, uh, means they are French Algerians. Mm-hmm. And they left Algeria when he was a small boy. Uh, no, no, he was born in Montreux. Oh, yeah, yeah, no. So they left Algeria before he was born because of the conflicts yeah. and the, the tensions going on. And just to start with the point that, to me, it still astonishes me how much of the sort of, how much of the kind of, unresolved ugliness and trauma that drives certain things in French society still comes from the Algerian war. Mm, Do you know what I mean? Mm. Like, um, and so anyway, they moved to, they moved to Paris, uh, to Montreuil, it's just outside Paris. And eventually I think they, they moved to the 19th or something, which is amazing. Yeah, I mean, and he's from a sort of lower, lower, lower middle class sort of background, yeah. uh, sort of, uh, not, not, sort of not, 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 I don't know how you would say populaire in French. Sure, yeah, lower middle class. Yeah, lower middle sort class. Of, I guess, yeah. I mean the in 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 Anglo speak. But they're also I mean, lower he, middle he class. Grew, he definitely undoubtedly grew up at a time when I mean his parents were upwardly mobile socially, mm. um, and they of course were very concerned to assimilate, and they transmitted yeah. him with this yeah. and. Assimilation is a massive part of his discourse today, yeah. um, and it's probably the most consistent one throughout his whole career. This sort of theme of mm. the need because to that was something he was, he was writing about that. Maybe. Yeah, like so, yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, um, and, and I guess yeah. So he went to. Uh, he's a very from. It seems like he's an extremely by all accounts bright, bright, kid. bright kid. Yeah, um, he studied very hard. He went to one of sort of the more prestigious kind of private Jewish high schools mm. um, just near the Bouchemont in the nineteenth. And then he... A, a school that famously lost a lot of students yeah. uh, to Auschwitz. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then he, I guess he passed the test and he was admitted to Sciences Po, which I, we've discussed many times. Sort of, what sort of the, LS, the LSE, yeah, I guess. Yeah, very elite of, sort of, of France. politics, social sciences school. Uh, Macron studied there a bit. Mm-hmm. I mean, everyone, uh, all the political yeah. class has studied there. Um, and he, again, yeah, did very well. I think he, I mean, his favourite subjects... Then, as a kid, I mean, he loved literature, but he, he sort of felt out there. Uh, well, so I guess someone especially who did not have the capital during this uh, period, you know, in the last episode, we spoke about Didier Ribon and his experience of sort of like 
class contempt essentially. Right, right, right. And of course, Didier Ribot's from a lo much lower class than than uh, Zemmour, but right. Zemmour felt this, you know, going up through these elite institutions, right, right. and his sort of aspiration was to join Lina, which yeah. is the sort of the elite national school of civil, like senior civil servants, right, basically. Right, right, right. And that's sort of a very prestigious thing to do and so on. He failed the exam the first time and yep. he failed the second time as well. Yeah. And so, you know, this led him into a bit of a crisis and eventually found his feet in journalism. Yeah. Um, and I guess, you know... Oh, well, that's, something that's interesting about that is that, I mean, yeah, I mean, this... Zamor is so, I mean, Zamor is so clearly the opposite of the world he, I mean, he fantasizes over and, and sort of, like, he, he, he dreams of joining in a way that, I mean, as we discussed, yeah, about every moment is, yeah. I guess he obviously integrated a certain wing of the French release, yeah. sort of the intellectual academic establishment yeah. or whatever. Um, but Zamor, yeah, I mean, this Jewish pied noir. Montreuil, I think he grew up in Drancy, which is a, another yeah, sort of very lower middle class, um, working class suburb right outside, of, right outside of Paris. Sure, he went to Sciences Po, but I mean, he is the polar opposite of that sort of Versailles aristocratic elite that he is essentially the dream, white dream candidate in yeah. some respects. Yeah. Today, yeah. the sort of major um, standard bearer for. Um, so, I mean, there is that, and you can actually sort of, I think, Sounds like, I mean, I don't know, not to totally psychologize or I don't want to say humanize this monster, but um, he seems to really have this deep, deep, I mean, this, uh, the thread throughout his life is this like deep sort of status anxiety and sort of desire to join this, this segment of, of the French establishment. Yeah. Um, and I mean, he's, I, mean, I don't know, so, some of the famous, my favorite, moments in this book um for when they're talking about all of the sort of like the like social clubs yeah 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 well all the like up like high bourgeoisie uh, uh sort of private clubs yeah, that he gets yeah, invited yeah. to and then there's that one where he like makes a faux pas and gets kicked out or whatever well evidently he like, like, like so he was given i guess yeah there's this one called the like Cercle Interallier oh, yeah. or something. Yeah, 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 yeah. There's this club that was set up during World War One by Maréchal Foch, who was sort of the French commander in chief. I guess Pétain is kind of other, like the other like great yeah, World yeah. War One general mm -hmm. in France, mm -hmm. so yeah, Marshal Pétain and, and Foch. Um, yeah. And it was set up sort of to be like a hangout spot for like American, British, and Canadian and French like officers. Yeah. Uh, and then back to the war, it sort of became this bourgeois like club social club yeah. um and Zamour was invited to sort of give a speech I think it was maybe 2018 I yeah. think um and so yeah he, he was invited to give a speech and evidently it sounds like the the um if you give a speech you sort of get that means you're on like trial for membership mm. that you're sort of you're like you're doing your hazing yeah. or something yeah, yeah, yeah. a the speech pissed a lot of people off yeah because again, this is the bit you have. Didn't they say it, it, the problem was he was too explicitly political? And this is a, you know, it's got that sort of typical bourgeois, like officially depoliticized, but obviously deeply about ex exercising power as a network kind of vibe. 
Sure, yeah. That, I mean, like, British charities and trusts might have, for example. Well, evidently he personally called out Valerie's Gardestan, who was in the audience. Who's <laughs> 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 this, like, 95-year-old fossil. He's, like, like a, something. A, a doyen of the, like... French kind of liberal right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but evidently, the sort of the final straw was a lot, many members were complaining to like the, the club presidents um, about sort of how Zamour would just really harass people. It was proselytizing. Like in, in the locker, in the locker, room. <laughs> yeah, in the toilets and shit. Yeah. <laughs> Whether or not what his actual objective is and what is likely to happen mm. is a sort of reconfiguration of the right yeah. around something new, a new pole, a yeah. displacement of the pole of the which which rallies. Mm. Um, and you know that is his explicit project as well. He said mm. it. You know, and mm. he says, "I want to." You know, he thinks that the most rallying point for the right is this question of identity, is this question of civilization. Uh, and immigration, mm. anti-Islam, um, <clears throat> and I, I suppose that this is the point at which you know we need to what's that? What's the right that he's trying to coalesce? What what is Zamor's right? You yeah, know, yeah, yeah. Um, and so you know, obviously the necessary starting point has to be uh, René Raymond's uh, triptych of <laughs> légitimiste, bonapartiste, and orléaniste. And I think we might have mentioned this already briefly, but just to sort of explain. Uh, the, this is a sort of triptych of the main political cultures of the French right historically. Mm. Uh, the légitimistes are the sort of counter-revolutionary monarchists, basically. Mm. Uh, the Bonapartists are the sort of proto-populist kind of crypto-monarch, strong leader right, right. kind of... Plebiscitary. Uh, uh, right. Um, and the Orléanistes are the sort of liberal, made their peace with the revolution... Uh, yeah. Uh, more bourgeois, perhaps less uh, uh, aristocratic. I mean, like this is what's kind of scary about him as a as a as a as a potentiality is that he really does believe in this immutable existence of a French people that can only be incarnated or expressed in a leader, and you know that really is fascism one hundred and one. Like that is that no intermediary. Practically, basically, you know, complete synonymity in between leader and 
obviously complete abstract idea of people, mm. Uh, mm. the people, mm. Mm. people as ethnos and leader as expression of mm. ethnos. Mm. Mm. Do you know what I mean? And so, like, this really is the potentiality in Zemmour. There is all of that in Zemmour. Mm. Uh, there really is. And he really, at least he seems to really believe it. You know, he's the kind of person, you know, there's a line in the book, uh, and I can't be bothered to look for it, but, it, you know, you know Richard Spencer, the American neo-Nazi, you know, whenever he's asked the awkward question of, you know, if you gained power, would you expel black people or whatever? His answer is always, there is nothing I would do, I would not do, for, for the, in the defense of my people or something like that. Eric Zemmour, Zemmour has the exact same sort of refrain, you know, mm. like there is nothing he won't do for the quote unquote defense of the quote unquote his, his people, mm. you know, mm. the French people. Mm. And, and this, I mean, that's um, how it's interesting you bring him up. This is, brings back, it brings back to something that you've, that we've discussed um, before, but to, because I think I mean I think maybe that's something that could be difficult. Because we we have to sort of I don't know there's all these particularities about French politics and French history that we have to get across when we're trying to describe the radicality of this guy. Yeah. And it's something we've talked about like, if we were to sort of imagine what like, a comparable line, yeah. in the United States for example would be, it's almost as close to someone who like if there were actually were. A right-wing figure in the United States that was like, I want to go back. I mean, again, you have people trying to unwind the Civil Rights Act, yeah. the Voting Rights Act, with the main legislative yeah. achievements of the Civil Rights Movement in the United yeah, yeah. States. But Zamour as a political figure, I mean, sort of what he represents in sort of the French context is that kind of radicality. Well, it's the equivalent of saying, we need to go back to Jim Crow. Yeah. Or even, we need to go back before... The Emancipation Proclamation, you know, we could think about it. I mean, like the French Revolution, the founding event of of modern France, you know, he and a lot of his sections of support, they want to do away. That's what makes them so radical, is that what they want, the way that they want to act upon society, would be to go to the root of what that society is, i.e. the product of the French Revolution mm. and obviously various other things, um, and eliminate that. It's yeah. literally radical, insofar as radical etymologically comes from the word root, yeah. you know, yeah, yeah. Uh, or, you know, vice versa, whatever. But, uh, and so, you know, th th there really is this sort of scary radicality that goes to the heart of France, you know, and goes to the heart of this antagonism that's been in France since it's existed as France per se, you know, not mm. as the kingdom of blah, mm. blah, blah, mm. Bourbon kingdom of France or mm. whatever. Like, and, you know, we're not saying that if he came to power or indeed that it's likely that he would come to power, we're not saying that if he did come to power, all these things would come to pass. But certainly if he did come to power, what we would see would be a sort of, a, a, a kind of practical a, a kind of porousness and inter, 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 interlacedness of far-right paramilitary groups and the police and the army we would see you know you'd see reprisals in the streets mm. you would you know it, it, over, over, time, over the last few weeks i mean there was one of the big scandals earlier this week where the so the, the the leaks of all of these i mean sort of online chats of, of far-right groups and all the left-wing political figures that they were planning on assassinating mm. Jean-Luc Mélenchon, uh, Daniel, Daniel Obono, mm. um, 
Right, so there is, I mean, I think, Black Cave. There is a list out there made by people who want to see the people on that list dead, and if they have an opportunity, will try and kill those people. And the biggest opportunity they could possibly ever imagine right now is Zamor becoming president. Right, right. right. Um, and I guess, yeah, I mean, this is sort of Zamor's right. Zamor's right, if we, if we keep the sort of legitimist, bonapartist, Orleanist uh, uh, schema for now, you know, the Orleanists would be the Macronists and the sort of centre-right globalists, the uh, neoliberals that, Macro, uh, that, that Zamor rejects. Mm. And you'd have this reconfiguration of the poll around the Bonapartist legitimist poll. But, of course, there's this whole sort of new right in France that's a bit of a mix, a bit of a, you know, the, the right of our generation in many ways. You know what I mean? There are, you know, there are, of course, literal neo-Nazis, which ironically love Zamora. And on all the chats, you know, there's people saying, that, oh, but he's a Jew. And then people saying, yeah, but he's a Jew. And like all this stuff. Like, you know, there are neo-Nazis out there who are, Praying with all, with all their little little fucking <laughs> racist hearts that Zamor, the Jewish guy, will become president. Um, you know, there's people like Jinnahas. I mean, there's Jinnahas. So ever for the over the past ten years, since some of the scandals of you know Zamor being taken to court for, right, right. for all this stuff, all these groups have sort of emerged to support him over the past decade. You know, there's a Generation Zemmour. You know, you met a few of these yeah, people, didn't yeah. you, to yeah. interview them? To, to I don't want to, like, slander them too much. <laughs> yeah, so I'll do the slandering. They're fucking creeps. <laughs> um, but um, I just basically I can get into some of those descriptions. But um, before that, I mean, what, what you were just discussing about sort of the triptych, because we've been talking about that. A few times, especially we mentioned that in the Bestier episode. Yeah. And so that I think is interesting to mention is, that, I mean, Zemmour has actually criticized Bestier, who we spoke about in our second episode about sort of kind of the tensions on the French right. And in the way this Bestier new young does right. sort of want to maintain the kind of liberal, kind she, of, at she, least the rhetoric of like yeah. the liberal right. Elite, she yeah. wants sort she, of she want... some synthesis between the sort of Orleanist, the Bonapartist, and the Legitimist. Yeah. I mean, and that she... is very much the difference between Zemmour and her. Yeah. Well, Zemmour, yeah. and that he's criticised her. Yeah. One of the, uh, Etienne, uh, Gérard, in this book, he, he mentions that, because Bessier is one of sort of the new figures of the last decade that obviously isn't, but nowhere near the stature and the like, pure like, fire and brimstone of a reactionary like, hmm. Zamour, but I don't know, at least clearly maybe has somewhat of a different strategy than Zamour. Uh, I think, yeah, but I think it's probably got more to do with personal, sort of professional prospect. Zamour's at the end, Zamour's in his mid 60s. Sure. He yeah. doesn't need to, to stay he doesn't, exactly, years, he doesn't so. need to rub any backs and be friendly or whatever. Sure, yeah. You know, she, she, she goes on hospital. She has these good faith arguments because. She she knows that it gives her access to certain spaces, yeah. and that's what, that's. What I don't I don't think that fundamentally she believes anything different to Zamor. Uh, why would why would she? Why would she? You know what I mean? Like I think I, that, maybe I just don't know if she's that angry. I mean, oh yeah, quite fundamentally, I don't think she's that angry as angry of a person. Uh, yeah, and I think the Zemmour. way she I mean, sees because Zamor, I mean, there's less clearly has a deep seated. 
fury. Fury against But also, like, he, this clear, this urgency in his discourse. Like, his discourse is, we are in urgency. And also, he's thinking, like, oh, like, I'm a bit old. Like, I want to do something now. That That's the urgency. I don't know how, I mean, but like, also, in, it seems so deep. I mean, it's as deeply rooted as, like, sexual torment and all oh, I mean, how much he speaks about the, like, emasculation of white men oh in France God, it's, um, by... It's kind Arab of man. It's, it's kind of cringe. Cringe. It's really it's cringy. It is dude. really it's fucking cringy. Uh, I mean, he he's ba- like, and you sort of. See, I mean, he's like that's, tormented. Something that's these. interesting, and if I, I don't know, if I will make one kind of observation about like these like conservatives is like how they clearly view themselves as trying to like articulate a certain type of masculinity, yeah. like in their just like sort of self-composure in the way they dress in... I mean, I've seen some of these people up close. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't yeah. want to, like, fully go into it. Of course they do. Of course. But, like, and also, but it's just... It's explicit in what Zamor says. We're not here psychologizing people. Right. Like, Zamor is very explicit about the fact that the sort of feminization of French men yeah. means that uh, French women want immigrant men more yeah. and therefore you know it's just the standard cuck argument you know it's the whole like america's being cucked france is being cucked do you know what i mean it's just that but like somehow he thinks that like his own like personal kind of like sexual sort of like sense of inadequacy is basically everyone else's fault and most yeah. of all the people who aren't even french's fault because yeah. for some reason they make him feel sort of inadequate or whatever i, d- I don't know but like there, this whole virilist current in is maybe the creepiest thing. In, well, no, it's not. It's the creepiest. It's not the scariest. The scariest is the sort of we are going to essentially create detention and we're just going to let immigrants die and we're going to like forcibly remove them we're from the country. Unleash the police. Yeah, exactly. Unleash the military within France. Yeah. Um, Concretely, so the way that Zemmour wants to sort of. But rebind together sections of the French right. We can say the Bonapartiste légitimiste and so on, whatever. If we want to use those terms, you know, concretely, one of the ways he's doing it today is by trying to resynthesize the Gaulle and Pétain. Right. So Pétain, obviously, being the, the you know the, the the leader of Vichy, the commander in chief. I don't know what the exact title was yeah. of Vichy and de Gaulle, of course, being the figure of resistance, and therefore that has. And, and I think Zemmour's actually right in this assessment, which is that has essentially crippled the French right. That has meant that the French right... Ha- I mean, like, they were still pretty powerful. <laughs> but, like, that, what that's meant in many ways is that it, it's produced this kind of new mythological... Because the Second World War is a sort of... Now a, a sort of mythological event. No, obviously, it's a real event, but the way that we use it is yeah. mythological. Uh, in discourse and so he needs to not only he needs to re kind of rebind this you know it's part of his sort of mythology of the right as well but I'm like sure, I yeah. think he's correct in saying that that has crippled the French right and I think that it's true yeah, yeah. it's true it has you know it, it's meant that the far right has been illegitimate until very recently in French history since the second world war you know that's a significant fact Honestly, I would be terrified. The, the prospect of the French right being able to overcome the collabo-résistant division mm. 
terrifies me. Mm. Terrifies me. Uh, well, it's, I mean, it's kind of the subcurrent of the whole shifting of the Republican front that we've been speaking about yeah. kind of since the beginning of the show. It's like the... Like, sure, we, I don't know, we can intellectualize, like, Zamor and, like, um, do all of this stuff, like, about him and the, like, long history of, like, the French right or whatever. But, like, it's crazy how many, I mean, how much of what he says just is said in milder forms by so many people in Oh, France my God, today. yeah, yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, 100%. Like, it's, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's... Basically, I mean, <clears throat> so many people on, in French politics speak say the same things as Zamor, just not as harshly and we could do it's a spectrum like it's not even like like people that go all the way to xps people were talking manuel valls but like for some you know uh, macron's interior minister G gerald darmanin yeah. does not speak that differently to Zamor. you know in terms of what his actual like sort of the, the, the latent proposition in what he's yeah, saying yeah. You know, he may use more studied like his his political communications is, is slightly different. You right, know what I mean? Right. But like they all have very similar positions, and that's what's kind of scary about this idea of a, a Zamorian right is that it would bring a lot of people into it. You know, um, it could include um, it could potentially include a huge amount of the French political spectrum. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And like, okay, so I don't see someone like Manuel Valls getting behind Zemmour in five years. I you know, I would honestly, you know, I, you know, I, I we're gonna all. edit that out. I take that back. No. You definitely will. Yeah. <laughs> um, um, but I like, mean, no, but do you know what I mean? Like, I don't. Like what Zamor represents, like, I mean, there are, are like, I don't know, the French are so addicted, sort of addicted to having this distinction between sort of the center right, the Gaullist right, and that's what when Gaullism means. Gaul like is sort Gaullism. of short for like center right, yeah, 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 like Republican center right. Obviously, I mean, that's what, with its porousness. That's what they say. Yeah, I mean, that's what like people on the right say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I mean, Zamor, like he's. He comes from that world. Like, he is a radicalization of the center-right, which is trying to outstep and outmaneuver Le Pen. Do you think he's a radicalization of the center-right? I mean, that's just, if you look at his professional mm. political trajectory, yeah, right. yeah. that's where he comes from. 
Um, yeah, more associated with Les Républicains than the FN. Or just, yeah, sort of, uh, yeah, uh, RPR, UMP, mm. Les Républicains. Mm. Um, and he, that was the network that the networks that he sort of has always evolved, like sort of evolved in and sort of developed in. Obviously, I mean, he has become a polemicist over the years and the, many of the positions he takes are like very much reactionary and whatever, but his like sort of I mean, Figaro, he's a Figaro journalist. Yeah, that's it. Um, I think that's the best way to put it. Before then, it? briefly at L'Express. Yeah. Um, so he he is... He's like a figure of the conservative establishment mm. in a way that... I mean, he didn't always position himself in opposition to what he sort of now positions himself in opposition no. to. Um, and he has the ear of the majority of the people in that segment, too. Yeah. And it's really, it's, I mean, it's obviously as much about um, sort of settling the counts or sort of settling counts or whatever mm. with, like, the left and multicultural modern France. As it is, like, he wants to totally change the configuration on the French right today. Yeah. Um, in the Figaro, he speaks to... Mm. Yeah, Versailles crowd. Yeah, he speaks to the the sort of Catholic, the, the ghetto tradi, yeah. um, the sort of. And then on C News, he speaks to he speaks. And on C News, he speaks to the Le Pen crowd. Yeah, I mean that's yeah. where he has the yeah, 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 yeah. sort of yeah, sort of lower middle class. Right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean something that I when I spoke with the I mean the sort of the some more like campaign people that I've spoken with, mm. like something that I really actually I'm like. A lot of them, yeah, sort of Fillon voters, um, uh, people who, yeah, sort of voted for Fillon. In who was a, who was the neoliberal yeah. kind of center right leader in? The, but there were a ton of them that voted for Macron in twenty seventeen. Oh, for real? Yeah, um, I'm not fucking surprised. They're all fucking creeps. Um, <laughs> and like, I do. Th- I mean, it's kind of crazy to like think about, like, imagine this, like, or to like kind of put yourself in that headspace. But like, to think that like. So, I mean, sort of grasp, like, in that, like, group, sort of, yeah, like, LL, like, you know, that group of, like, very establishment conservatives, mm. like, which is a different anger against Macron mm. than, like, the lower middle class mm. Le Pen supporters mm. or something. Mm. Like, where it's, like, a mixture of, like, deep-seated economic insecurity yeah. um, with also, like, cultural, like, anxiety. Yeah. And, like, I mean, there's racism sure yeah um, but like cultural insecurity and serious economic insecurity of just like Where french else? lower classes yeah. but like for these people like from like this establishment conservative place like thinking macron is a re- like n- is like actually leading france to civil war yeah and it's like, like that's actually what these people think yeah. like they very seriously think yeah. like the sort of Orléanist, like, current or whatever, the liberal rights is, like, incapable of, like, beating the adversary. I mean, that's what it comes down to. Like, they're like, these, like, Macron is not going to be able to, like, clamp down on the sort of revolts of, like, um, yeah, the Muslims and the leftists today. Um, Yeah. I mean, the, 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 I mean, that, cause that's what's like, I mean, the many cultures really was this, like, elite. Well, see, yeah, this, kind this of is, way. this is the, in, 
sort of important contemporary point, which listeners of previous episodes have probably heard of already, which is <clears throat> the Manif pour tous, which was 2013, right? 2013. Yeah. Uh, uh, which was an enormous uh, demonstration against um, gay against, marriage. Yeah, against yeah, the, the gay marriage law. And it basically was the reemerge, the public reemergence in force of the right rallied around a position. Yeah, okay. um, and for the, for the sort of right wing and extreme right of our generation, that was their event, that was their yeah. founding moment. And so many of the sort of new organisations of the far right and the right in France it emerged out of that. You yeah. know, there's an interesting passage. All the like sort of subgroups that are yeah. kind of in uh, kind of in like Zamora's campaign or a lot of the like sort of the, I don't know, the activists and like the yeah. like civil society quote unquote leaders yeah. that yeah. like are in his orbit are these associations that emerge in many cultures. Yeah. And they're yeah. a sort of hodgepodge of sovereignist kind of older Catholic groups. Older Catholic yeah. groups, uh, you know, all manner of nativists, monarchist yeah. groups, yeah. yeah, like uh, sort of, yeah, Catholic organizations like you right. said, like, you know, this is somehow the right, and this is sort of another interesting thing, there are so many evident contradictions. Uh, somehow the right is rallying despite its contradictions. And as it happens right now, Zamor is, at least both in terms of the polling and in terms of the kind of right we're seeing emerge that is on the rise, uh, whatever comes mm. of it, mm. Zamor is that rallying figure. Mm. Um, and it's interesting to think why for these people, like well, what Zamor does that Le Pen doesn't do. Mm. Like, because, I mean, I don't know. I, I guess I've been covering, like, following French politics closely for five years. Mm. I, mean, I mean, this is definitely uh, elements of my like, sort of ignorance or when I, like, mm. first was starting to be interested in France about sort of just the history of French conservatism mm. and whatnot. But, like, Le Pen was so, it seemed like implacable. Like, that was clearly the emerging pole in the far right. Mm. Just like that was what well, see, that was what the sort of how, that was how French conservatism was shifting, and maybe I mean maybe the end result of Zamor's breakout. I mean, all well, those activists said they will vote for Le Pen next time. Yeah. Hey, all those people that I spoke with, yeah. the Zamor supporters who voted for Macron in 2017, yeah. they're going to vote for Le Pen if yeah. she is in the second round. So sure, she might still be the kind of. Yeah. But why? How is Zamor able to be this kind of like bridge? I mean, that's what he says that he wants to do. What he wants to do is he wants to take parts of the French bourgeoisie and parts of the French sort of work lower classes and reconfigure, ally them, co coalesce them around a around the question of what he calls demography, you yeah. know, which is just a very terrifying way of saying identity. Mm -hmm. um, and you know, there's a very one of the one of the lines from a famous speech of his. What was it? It was from a couple of years ago. It was at the Convention of the Right in yeah. 2019, which is a really important event. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, what's the... Well, the quote, you know, is... Uh, the, uh, history is not uh, made or, or structured by socioeconomic curves. It is determined by uh, demographic curves, and they are implacable. Right. right. You know, like... So he's just saying race there, basically, yeah. without the explicit biological component do you know what i mean and his entire project is to reconfigure the french right the parts of the french right 
that he can around this extreme identitarian pole uh, whose, you know, whose main purpose is to quote unquote, you know, sort of save France basically is to is to and that's what for example you know he has all these like and these ideas are from the you know traditional catholic right they're not from you know in a way a lot of the most extreme ideas in french politics are from the traditional catholic right not from what we might call fascism do you know what i mean um and you know these ideas of you know the idea that yeah uh, first there's france then there's the french state then there's the law so like the law needs to go because it's getting in the way of the french state and the French state, well, if it gets in the way of the leader, which who incarnates France, then that needs to get he needs to get rid of that as well. And like he, you know, a lot of his programmatic ideas, well, I doubt they'll be in his official manifesto, are to get rid of judicial review, to get rid of the clause that still exists in the French Constitution that enshrines the universal rights of man from the French Revolution in still today. You know. He, he wants to put through all the changes that he wants to do through plebiscitary kind of methods. So referenda, uh, which is, you know, which would, God, can you imagine if every year we had a, a, a referendum in France on whether to, you know, I don't so know. Two million people that year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, whether to... Outlaw the name Mohammed. Yeah, whether to dissolve parliament. You know, yeah. whatever, right? And... You see in him, and this is sort of what we're going to get at now in the, in the following conversation, is you see in him all these imaginaries, which up until relatively recently were sort of contained within certain social spaces, mm. certain sections of French society that would talk about it amongst themselves and would teach their kids it, but that wouldn't speak about it publicly and wouldn't take the positions they have in private publicly, right? Like that is shit has just been unleashed and you have this unleashed unleashing of all these like historic it feels like all the historical demons of like french france's fucking history are like like are just like scrambling up mm. do you know what i mean like it feels like it really does feel like there's some you know i don't know like there's there's like a, a dark something dark that's like rising mm. um and i've just been like i don't know like i don't know like all these people who are literal descendants of action francaise you know, who are literal descendants of OIS, this fascist terrorist organization, you know, uh, against Algerian independence. You know, all these people who are like literal descendants, like, and, you know, who are, 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 how should we say, uh, have a presidential candidate yeah. that's not just their di- that <clears throat> doesn't just benefit from their distant support mm. but they are working for that they are influencing that they are a fundamental part of this of, of the pro- of which they are a fundamental part of his project mm. you know like and like I mean like and and and, the, and I've just been more and more sort of like kind of I don't know what's the word like paranoidly conscious sort of like of the, this kind of richness of French far-right history, you know? Like, it's just like... Another thing that I think is a bit, like, different with the United States is, like, the Republican Party and the American conservative movement is, is as powerful as it is in the United States. I think mostly just because of the institutional makeup of the American state. Mm-hmm. And it's complete, like, out-of-stepness and, like... Ob- like obsolescence relative to the state of American society or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's like, I have like the cultural anxiety. I'm sure you have all the, there's all the anxiety in France today on the French right, whether it's about immigration or changes in sexual norms and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Like, there's all of that exists, but like, 
there's also like a, a sense of like cultural power. It's kind of revival is sort of more recent than the United States. I mean, we keep, we, I think, keep harping on this because it is a really important just fact mm, about contemporary yeah. French history is, again, I mean, when the United States uh, sort of had its sort of conservative revolution or whatever, I mean, it was in the 1960s and 1970s, like, mm. um, in France, like, 68 culminated in the victory of the left, mm. which was defeated, like... Mm. Um, yeah, in Britain and America, the 60th like generation a, culminated with neoliberalism, and in France... And to a certain degree, Zamour, like, is kind of the, like, twisted reflection of, like... I mean, he is a, a French boomer, more or less. Yeah. Like, yeah. some of the interesting parts about how, like, he was so uninterested in, like, the sexual revolution... Or, like, uh, like in, like, sexual power, like... He seems to have like had like pretty much no sex life in the like nineteen seventies. And no wonder he's so angry. Um, like yeah, again voted for voted for like Mitterrand twice. Yeah, twice um, was like an ad guy in early eighties Paris. So, yeah, like, a totally yuppie. Like <laughs> in like in like I don't know Mitterrand's like early Paris, and then like I mean his intellectual political trajectory also just like. Is kind of a reflection of France's post-Mitterrand trauma, just like hmm. how like contemporary French politics like is really grouped around like the failure of the center left, like that sort of I don't know if we take like the eighty like the nineteen eighty. I mean that's at the center of so much political historical commentary today is like the weight of Reagan and Thatcher. Mm. In France, it's the weight of Mitterrand, like, and, yeah. like... And the, the, the sort of impasse. Right, 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 um, I know, that's, like, to get back to why it's so, like, why it seems so powerful, and, mm. like, how it's, like, that's, because... Obviously, like, sure, like, I mean, so much of the modern American conservatism is, yeah, like, you hear the hearkening back to Reagan, and, like, but there's a desire to preserve the Reagan revolution is what the, like... Republican Party has been about since like the Tea Party, mm -hmm. like it's been about this fear. Okay, the left is gonna unwind back the Reagan Revolution. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. In France, it's the sort of there were fifteen years of Mitterrand power, like the fifteen mm -hmm. years of sort of quote unquote the left in power in France, mm -hmm. like um, after like the sea changes in modern society in the 1960s and 70s yeah 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 um yeah like I, I that's like that to me is what really scares me like if you like yeah yeah should we call it there yeah I think uh, I yeah. think we need to call it it's been a yeah it's been quite a trial a, yeah it's been an unpleasant episode for me personally <laughs> Uh, although learning about all the like Cato Tradi milieu in France was genuinely fascinating. I like just imagining him and I just like to think of some more in the, lo the locker room. <laughs> just, just, just like pestering like, some counts. Like some guys like drying his hair. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's like a towel. Like, they're both like, they're, like towels around their waist. And more is just like. And Zemmour's like. like <laughs> Les courbes démographiques. Like, it's like, why do you like Macron, dude? Macron does not give a shit about you. Macron wants civil war. He wants civil war to 
save the Arabs or something, <laughs> you know? <laughs> like, um, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah, let's call it there. Yeah, let's call it there. Uh, Good night.